On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla continues to dominate U.S. EV sales into 2022 with three of the company's four models at the top of the list. Plus, most of the Model 3s and Model Ys get another price increase. Giga Berlin is officially ready to start delivering Model Ys and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. It's March 13th, 2022, episode 345. I wanted to kick things off by uh, just mentioning some cool personal EV news. Just a moment. I guess it's not news, but I saw my first Rivian R1T truck up close at a Tesla supercharger last weekend. This is a supercharger here in the Bay Area that also has some EVgo chargers at it. And there was a Rivian just parked there, plugged in and charging. And I have to say, uh, not only was it really great to see one up close and in person for the first time after watching a bunch of videos about them online, but uh, I have to say, I was very impressed. It's a bigger truck than I had imagined. Again, even after watching a bunch of videos on it, I'd kind of gotten the impression, I know that it doesn't have a quote-unquote full-size bed, like the Cybertruck will or the F-150 Lightning. So I was kind of under the impression that it was going to you know, not be a particularly large truck, but it's a real good size. And I will say, I really like the look of it. Uh, I know they've got a bunch of ex-Tesla people working on it, and they've managed to do what Tesla did with the Model S and make a great first product. And I know the Model S wasn't officially Tesla's first product, but it was their first product that they manufactured themselves. So I know Rivian had a, a tough financial earnings call this past week. Their finances are not looking great right now. I mean, they face all of the same headwinds that Tesla faced when they were trying to ramp production. But Rivian has the added challenge of this chip shortage and this materials, you know, the inflation and the materials costs. So I wish them well. I hope they can survive that ramp to volume production. All right, let's get back to Tesla news. That's the, it is a Tesla podcast after all. And let's start with some good news for Tesla, but also for EVs in general. According to the car registration data from Experian, which came via automotive news, used as a proxy of sales, some 50,000 plus electric vehicles were registered in the United States in the month of January which is 62% of a year-over-year increase, meaning over last January of 2021. And the top three here in January of 2022, as you have probably guessed already, all Teslas. Inside EVs is where I saw this story, and they write, the battery electric vehicle share out of the overall car market increased in January to 4.3%, which is almost 87% more than a year ago when it was at 2.3%. The report says that 37,162 Teslas were registered during the first month of the year, which that, by the way, is up 49%. So just Tesla registrations up 49% year over year. This is almost 74% 
of the total battery electric vehicle segment and more than any other premium brand. BMW was second with 30,563 units. That's up 8.2% year over year. And now the top 10, if you're curious of the actual top 10 list, this again is battery electric vehicles, not hybrids, BEVs in the US registrations for the month of January of this year. Number one, you probably have correctly guessed the Model Y, 18,000 and change, accounting for 36.8% of all battery electric vehicles. So more than a third, more than one in every three electric vehicle registered in January in the entire United States was a Model Y. Then you have the Model 3 in second place, 13,604. That is 27% of every BEV registered in this country in January. So more than so more than one in three are a Model Y, more than one in four are a Model 3. Then the Model S at 3,903, so quite a drop-off after the Y and the 3. The Ford Mustang Mach-E, 2,781. The Nissan Leaf after that, and the Hyundai Ioniq 5, the Volkswagen ID4, the Kira Nero at uh, 1,100 and change, and just over 1,100 at number 9, the Model X, the Tesla Model X. And then at number 10, the Porsche Taycan, just under 1,000 registrations there. So yes, all four Teslas are in the top 10. With the Model S, by the way, even before the new Model S has been fully ramped up to its maximum volume production on this new refreshed version, and by the way, for context here, the weight for a new Model S right now, as I record this, is four months for a long range. At least if you live in here in California, I suppose that estimate could change if you live elsewhere. In fact, I imagine it would be, if anything, it would be more if you live further from the factory because I'm I'm right here in the Fremont backyard. But a four-month wait for a new long range S. If you step up to the plaid, they'll get you one in four to 10 weeks. So still, but just that's just a little context. There's a four-month wait on the Model S And it's still the number four, excuse me, the number three top selling battery electric vehicle in the United States for January. And that Model S outsold everybody else, (laughs) every every other non-Tesla, despite being a $95,000 car as the, by the way, the base price. Obviously the Plaid is much more, 95K and it outsold everything else that wasn't a Tesla. And I have to say, I think that that probably speaks to a few things. Number one, the new Model S is a great car, which is, I mean, sure, I'm a Tesla fanboy doing a Tesla podcast, but yeah, the new Model S is absolutely a great car. There is That is a true statement. And it is a great new version of itself, after also being off the market for about six months last year, if you remember the first six months of 2021, which is only increasing the demand. Now, number two, I would say that perhaps the Ford Mustang Mach-E is still ramping up to its maximum rate of production as well, because I certainly hope that Ford is going to be able to make enough of those to outsell the Model S 
in a calendar year. I, I would like to see the Mach-E be a higher volume vehicle. It certainly seems to have a lot of good reviews and it's competitively priced, good range, seems to be a good vehicle. So hopefully Ford, you know, even if they don't necessarily move up the list, hopefully their number of, you know, their production number goes up. But number three, I would say too, that I think this proves that the, the, meaning it being the sales of the Model S being so high on this list, proves that there is a market for high-end premium luxury EV sedans, which should also be good news for Porsche with the Taycan, who, as you heard, came in at number 10 on this list, just behind the Model X. And unfortunately, I, I did read a story this week. The Taycan might not be moving up the list anytime soon. I read a story this week that Porsche had to temporarily stop production on the Taycan as well as on a couple of other models due to a wiring harness that goes into the car that's made in the Ukraine that Porsche currently cannot get any more of for obvious geopolitical reasons. Uh, And I would also think this is good news for Lucid as well. Granted, they're at a much higher price point for the time being, but but it's uh, certainly a good indicator for them too, as they are hopefully able to successfully ramp up their production. Also, even though the Model Y is number one, here's the thing about that number one, it's gonna be even further out in front of this list. It's gonna be even more of a clear-cut number one as 2022 goes on, because you're going to have Giga Texas opening up very soon, hopefully this month. Uh, We know the grand opening is coming up in just a few weeks here. And Giga Texas will obviously be ramping up its production capabilities over the course of the year. Now, I'm obviously ignoring Giga Berlin here because we're talking about a United States-only data set on this. But stay tuned. I do have some Giga Berlin news to tell you about later on in the podcast. So again, the Y is 36.8% of all EV registrations for January. That, uh, I'll tell you, by December, by the end of the year, again, with Giga Texas factoring in there and Fremont ramping up even more, as Elon has said, they want to try and get even more out of Fremont. I honestly would not be surprised if the market share of BEVs in the United States for the Model Y goes up as high as 50% by the end of the year. I'm dead serious about that. I I would be willing to bet lunch on it. I actually think, again, Texas and Fremont are just going to be pumping out so many Model Ys by the end of the year that I definitely think it could go from 30, almost 37% to 50%. I really do think it could get that much of the pie given, again, because their competitors, which again is unfortunate, I want to see more good EVs because every one of those top 10 vehicles, by the way, is a good car. You know, the Leaf doesn't have great range, but it's very affordable. The Mach-E, as I said, that's a great car. The Ionic 5 from Hyundai has been getting great reviews. The ID4, the same thing. The Kira Nero EV, solid vehicle. And the Taycan, great car too. So these are all excellent cars, but the competition just doesn't seem to have the infrastructure in place as of now to ramp production on these electric vehicles as fast as Tesla can, 
with their new factory opening up. So we'll see. Uh, I, I Again, I'd be willing to place a small wager, and I'd love to see the Model Y hit 50% of the United States EV registrations by the end of the year. I'll, I'll have to check back on this in, uh, what, about nine months from now. But still, overall, great news here, not just for Tesla, but for everybody. Because again, go back to that overall number. The BEV's share of the overall car market increased to 4.3%. I mean, it was 1% for a while. As I, as I read in the, from the story, it was 2.3% just a year ago. It's up to 4.3%. So it's, you know, I know that sounds like it's still not much, and it's not, but it's making really good progress. It's not just going to go to 20% or 50% overnight. It's going to take time, but this is good growth. It is awesome to see the EV market continue to grow and succeed. Uh, now, next up this week, the I guess this is the bad news of the podcast. You know, I cover the good and the bad. It's uh, If it's newsworthy, I'm going to talk about it in the world of Tesla. As strong demand continues, as well as rising materials costs, you've got the Model 3 and the Model Y now getting another price increase. It is affecting the long-range and performance models of both the Model 3 and and the Model Y. I want to give a tip of the cap to listener Zach, a.k.a. BLK Model 3, Black Model 3, on Twitter. He was the first one to flag this to me. The price increase, again, $1,000 on the Long Range 3, the Long Range Y, the Performance 3, and the Performance Y. So the Model 3 Long Range goes from $51,000, and by the way, I'm rounding up $10. It's $990 on each of these, but $51K to $52K on the Model 3 long range, $58 to $59,000 for the base price of the Model 3 performance, $60,000 for the Model Y long range. Boy, it was not that long ago when it was, wasn't it forty-eight? At one point, not that long ago, that's the number that sticks in my head. I think that's, boy, boy, that's uh, it's gone way up. 60K for the Model Y long range and $65,000 now for the Model Y performance. The base Model 3 was the one trim that I did not mention in that group. It remains unchanged at $45,000. Now, I certainly am not applauding this price increase. I, why would I do that? I mean, I want it to be easier for more people to get, in, get into an EV and specifically into a Tesla, not more difficult, not more cost prohibitive. But at the same point, again, you just have to look around and I have to say I do understand this price increase from Tesla because the cost of doing business as a car maker just continues to rise. And as a lot of folks on the Tesla Reddit pointed out this week, the price of nickel, which obviously, as you all know, is a key component of most of Tesla's battery cells, has shot up recently, just like very recently. Nickel shot up through the roof. In fact, it's probably not a coincidence that the one car that did not get a price increase, the base Model 3, uses an LFP battery 
that doesn't have any nickel in it and thus is not subject to this currently skyrocketing price of nickel. Now, funny enough, just as a little personal anecdote here, I always used to tell people when it would come up in conversation, people would ask me about Model 3, like, oh, you know, how much is it or what? I, I would always say, I mean, not with pride at all, but more out of just kind of amusement that nobody has ever paid more for a Model 3 than I did. Because with FSD, which I ended up tacking on later for the same $3,000 that it would have been had I ordered it with the car, I ended up paying right about $80,000 for the model, my Model 3 performance. Because uh, that's, you know, when it first hit, that was the price was, the base price, I guess, would have been 70-something, low 70s. Uh, and But I was also fortunate. I did get $10,000 back in credits, the $7,500 federal tax credit, and then a $2,500 cash rebate from the state of California. Neither of those are available now. So my final bill was about $70,000, again, not counting sales tax and all that stuff. But So it's still technically true that nobody will ever pay an MSRP that high on a Model 3 ever again. At least I sure hope there aren't so many price increases that, that it gets back to that level. But when you do factor in the credits and the rebates, I was, just, I was looking this up after this price increase this week. My same car, if I bought it today, uh, which by the way, it's still the most expensive configuration because I went performance, I got the red paint, which is 2000, it's the, that's the most expensive paint option, and I got the white interior and the FSD. So my same car today costs $74,000, and at least here in California, again, I, I mean, I gave my California rebate that I mentioned earlier, there is currently a $750 clean fuel reward available for California buyers these days. So it's about a $3,000 difference as sort of the bottom line for what you'd pay today versus what I paid almost four years ago. But uh, the bottom line price really was less for a while, but that, that, that gap has been made up by primarily FSD going up. FSD has gone up. I mean, you know, they've restructured it from enhanced autopilot plus FSD to just FSD. But FSD has gone up by $4,000 since since I bought my car. And then the rest of the difference has been made up by these repeated price increases we've seen over the last, what, you know, year and a half or so from the chip shortage, from the materials costs. And just these times continue to be crazy. There's, I mean, it's it's unfortunate that I am going to say this, but there's just no reason to think that Tesla prices are going to do anything but continue to go up. And really, not just Tesla, everybody. Everybody's subject to these same market forces. But yeah, prices are probably going to continue to go up if you're in the market for a Tesla. So if you're on the fence and you're able to, in your situation, swing it sooner rather than later, you might want to get your order in sooner. 
you know, there is a wait time for pretty much all the Teslas. I mean, the even the Performance 3 or Performance Y or I guess even the Plaid S or Plaid X have the shortest wait times, but everything's a wait and the prices are, you know, this is probably not the last price increase that we're going to see in 2022. It's only March. So we'll see what happens there. Next up this week, this sounds like the setup for a joke, but I promise you it's real. So bear with me. Gene Simmons from Kiss, Elon Musk, and the President of the United States walk into a bar. And the the bar is named Twitter in this case. So yes, this all happened on Twitter. Elon was responding to one of President Biden's tweets about electric vehicle manufacturing and job growth in the United States, saying this, quote, Tesla has created over 50,000 U.S. jobs building electric vehicles and is investing more than double GM and Ford combined, which is not untrue. That is that is accurate. And KISS frontman Gene Simmons responded to this on Twitter saying, actually, Elon Musk makes a solid point to President Biden. Give Elon Musk and Tesla its due. They are game changers and should be heralded. And Elon responded to that by saying what I ultimately want to talk about here, which is this. Actually, we still operate our California factory, which is the largest auto plant in North America, at full capacity and are considering expanding it significantly. It has built two-thirds of all electric vehicles in North America, twice as much as all other car makers combined. So what I want to key in on there isn't Biden, and it's not Gene Simmons, but it's Elon's significant expansion comment when he's speaking about Fremont here in California. I am very curious how Tesla intends to do this. Now, don't get me wrong before I get started here. It is very exciting to me that that Tesla plans to rapidly grow their California presence here in Fremont, particularly given that I live here. I mean, I've said this before and I will say it again right now. I am very proud to have Tesla here in California and particularly proud to have them here in the San Francisco Bay Area. I say that because I just, I love that I can go, I can drive 45 minutes and go drive by and supercharge right at the very factory that my car was made at. That is just a fun thought for me. And that's just, I just love that that's a thing that I have the great privilege to be able to do. I mean, does it matter in the grand scheme of things? No, it's, but it's just cool that my car that I have, that has brought me so much enjoyment was made 30 miles from here. I love that. But I would certainly be thrilled to see Tesla continue to grow its presence here. However, here's the part I'm wondering about. Elon has said on multiple occasions that they are, and I think he may have even used this term, but he said that they are bursting at the seams in Fremont. You know, that we know that Tesla's already erected the permanent tent structures in Fremont to in order to increase Model 3 and Model Y production. In fact, my car was made in the first tent. That was the Performance Model 3 line 
back in 2018. I don't, it might still be, I'm not sure. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, I'm just curious how Tesla plans to, quote, significantly increase production here. And I'm also curious what cars they're going to build if they're going to significantly increase production. Fremont, as you know, is home to the entire world's Model S and Model X production. That doesn't seem like anything that's going to change anytime soon. They've also got multiple Model 3 and Model Y lines here in Fremont. The Roadster, the next-gen Roadster, is due to be built here in Fremont. Last we knew. Now, I, I say that with a caveat because that car is still a year to two years away, and that certainly could change as production plans solidify and get closer. For all we know, Tesla might decide, you know what, let's do the Roadster in Texas or let's do the Roadster in in Berlin. It's going to be such a low-volume car that, uh, you know, it's it, it, it might ultimately not matter kind of where they build it as far as like shipping and transportation costs. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. So I know that what I'm about to say isn't exactly a fancy, shiny prediction, but I guess that the most logical thing I can come up with is that by significantly increasing production, Elon is probably just talking about more Model 3s and Model Ys here in Fremont. Maybe adding another line for each car. And also, by the way, presumably the Fremont paint shop needs to be upgraded or perhaps even replaced by a bigger and better one in Fremont as well. Because if you'll recall, the next-gen, as Elon has termed it, the next-gen paint facility that Giga Berlin is supposed to be getting is something that I'm sure Tesla will want to replicate here in the United States, especially when you have the higher-end, you know, quote-unquote, more premium, just, I mean, speaking plainly, the more expensive cars are going to be built here in Fremont, the SX and presumably Roadster. So you would think you would want to make those paint shop upgrades here for those cars. So I guess <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, I would love to ask Elon about this. I, I would love for him to come back on the podcast. It's one of a million things that I'd love to talk to him about. I, I will say I did try tweeting him. I did not get a response back this time around. But Elon, if you're out there, come on back on the podcast for another interview. There is so much to discuss. I'd love to have you back. But, well, hey, even if it never happens again, episode 200 was a special one, and I will always be grateful for that opportunity. Uh, next up this week, I've got two more stories for you. The first of those is, as I teased earlier, regards to Giga Berlin. And Giga Berlin has won its final, if final environmental and all the other approvals that it needs from Germany. An official document confirming the update was published by the state of Brandenburg, outlining the next steps the Tesla needs to do to start vehicle production. Tesla Roddy wrote this up saying, as per the state's press release, the approval for Giga Berlin covers several activities, such as the production of up to 500,000 vehicles per year. The approval also includes battery cell production activities within the Giga Berlin complex, 
which should allow Tesla to manufacture its in-house 4680 cells from within Germany. Quote, the project, which was approved with the 536-page decision, includes the plant for the production of up to half a million cars per year, aluminum smelting plants, and an aluminum foundry, plan, uh, plants for surface treatment, heat generation, and storage. The facility also includes battery cell production, an operational wastewater treatment plant, a fire brigade equipment house, a high bay warehouse, as well as laboratories and workshops. The state also noted that Tesla may now start or continue with the further construction of Giga Berlin and that objections to the project now have, quote, no suspensive effect. It should be noted, however, that before Tesla can actually put its Model Y production facility into operation, several ancillary provisions must be met first. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter because it's done. It has been approved. The red tape is over. There has been a lot of red tape in this. I don't say that judgmentally towards Berlin. I don't live there. It, I, it wouldn't be fair to me for me to sort of place that judgment statement on it. But it factually speaking, since we've had this A-B test with Texas and Berlin, Berlin has clearly endured a lot more red tape than not just Texas, in fact, but Shanghai as well. And I know there are a lot of factors that's a very simple statement that's a gross simplification for a much larger conversation. But the bottom line here is that very, very soon, that discussion, all of that will be a distant memory because not unlike the wait for your own Tesla after you order it, your, you know, here's what happens. It's the same thing. You anxiously count the days. You're eager for any update you can get and your patience gets tested and maybe some anxiety kicks in when the date finally gets close as you hope that all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. And then after you get your car, you forget all about the long wait that you had to endure. And I suspect that that will be the case with Giga Berlin itself as well. Once it's open and operational, which is days away now, we won't think about the wait time for the place to have opened anymore. Instead, all of my European listeners will be able to get a Model Y built on their own continent in what is hopefully a much more timely manner than what you've had to wait for now with having to wait for cars to be imported from Shanghai. In fact, as I was teasing here a few times, according to a report from the German newspaper Der Tagesspiel, via teslaoracle.com. Tesla is planning to hand over the first Giga Berlin-made Model Ys to customers on March 22nd. And in fact, from the time I made these notes to the time I'm recording, Tesla has since confirmed that report. That is the big day, March 22nd. Just, uh, what, a, a roughly a week from when this podcast is being published. Yeah, it's next Tuesday, March 22nd. Now, remember that the Giga Berlin Model Y is going to be a Model Y 1.0 to start out with, which is the same Model Y that Fremont is cranking out here in the San Francisco Bay Area. 
both Fremont and Berlin are going to need to find time somehow to shut down and convert over to the 4680-based Model Y 2.0 that has the single-piece front and rear castings and the structural battery pack. They're going to have to find time to do that at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, because we know that the 4680, the, four, the Model Y 2.0, has a higher margin for Tesla than the 1.0 because the battery cells are cheaper to produce. The giga, the single piece front and rear giga castings, those are cheaper. It is a cheaper version of the Model Y to produce, thus increasing Tesla's profits. Now, uh, there's one other thing to note about Berlin that really does make this extra exciting. That is this. You should have those, and I'm speaking to my European friends now, you should have at least one and possibly three new paint colors to choose from out of that aforementioned next-gen Giga Berlin paint shop. Now, you've heard about, and by now, perhaps even seen the pictures of the deep crimson multi-coat, which were made their way online from the Giga Berlin open house, that Tesla held last fall. But if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you'll recall from episode 326, and by the way, I 100% had to look that up. I do not have that good of a memory where I remembered the episode number off the top of my head. But it was back on episode 326 that uh, I talked about the report of the two other colors besides Deep Crimson, that were also discovered buried in the code of the Tesla app, whatever the, you know, the latest version of the app at that time. Those colors were Abyss Blue Multicoat and Mercury Silver Multicoat. And as I said at the time, and I will say again, I am of the belief that these three colors are going to replace the existing corresponding red, blue, and silver not add to them. Think of it as a refresh of the paint color choices rather than an expansion of them. This is just my theory. I don't know it for sure yet, but uh, I, I am my theory, which I will say I'd love to be wrong about. I, I would be thrilled if Tesla suddenly offers eight colors instead of five. But uh, if, if it is a replacement, not an addition, You'd have Deep Crimson Multicoat replacing Multicoat Red. You'd have Abyss Blue Multicoat replacing Deep Blue Metallic. And you'd have Mercury Silver Multicoat replacing Midnight Silver Metallic. So I don't know, I would presume Abyss Blue is going to be a darker blue than the current Deep Blue. And I would presume the Mercury Silver will be a lighter silver than the current, you know, dark, the darker silver, which is what Midnight Silver Metallic is. Because if you think about it, why would you have two blues and, you know, two blues on the darker end of the spectrum at that? Why would you have two blues? Why would you have two reds? Why would you have two silvers? Particularly when Tesla is in the business of simplifying production as much as possible. I just don't think that Tesla is suddenly going to offer eight color choices with three of them being variants of the same color. So that is why I am of the belief that these colors are going to be replacements 
and not additional choices. Again, I'd love to be wrong, but regardless, I can't wait to see those colors out in the wild and see what they actually look like once Giga Berlin is finally operational, which is, again, coming right up in just over a week. Hopefully, the design studio for European customers in you know in European countries gets updated to reflect the new color choices very soon. I mean, that's that could happen. I mean, perhaps that will have happened by the time you hear this. If you're in Europe, you might want to keep a close eye on the Tesla design studio and just keep an eye on those color choices. And finally this week, speaking of Gigafactories, we've got more details on the upcoming Texas Gigafest, which uh, come courtesy of, of all things, a fire marshal report and permit filings that Tesla made with the Travis County Commissioner's Office. Now, first, as you already knew, the event itself is officially set for April 7th. Next, as Teslarati reports, the event will start at 4 p.m. local time and end at midnight. These come according to new documents from the Travis County Commissioner's Court. Those same filings reveal that Tesla plans to allow up to 15,000 people at the event, and CEO Elon Musk has stated that priority will go to residents in the greater Austin area before more attendees are sent, more invitations are sent out outside of Austin. Tesla will also hold tours at the event of Giga Texas, just like it did at the GigaFest in Berlin last fall. So I want to say, I really hope a lot of you get to attend this because 15,000 people is a lot. I mean, I would say the average Tesla event, if I had to guess, although some of them have been bigger than others, like the Plaid event was tiny. Now, granted, there were COVID restrictions for that, even though it was outdoors. Texas is, uh, I mean, not just Texas, everywhere the, the COVID restrictions have eased in you know, pretty much all over the country, the United States. But uh, the Plaid event was pretty small. The Plaid event was probably no more than a few hundred people, if I had to guess. But say the Cybertruck event down in LA at the Hawthorne Design Center, I mean, that was probably, that must have been a couple thousand people. Like that was, that was pretty, it was, it was pretty tight in there. But now this is 15,000 people. Now, huge facilities, so you can accommodate that many people. But what I'm trying to say is that just hopefully means that a lot of you are going to get the opportunity to go. Um, I mean, I've been extraordinarily lucky having, again, as I talked about earlier in the podcast, having the Fremont factory in my own backyard that has allowed me to go to many a Tesla event, which I'm I'm always so grateful for that opportunity. I never ever take take that for granted. I know that that could I could easily not get an invite. In fact, I didn't get an invitation to the Plaid event. I went from the, I, the only reason I got to go was as the as the plus one of a very gracious podcast listener. So, uh, in any case. I hope a lot of you get to go, and this event should be a fun one. I mean, you're going to get to see the Model Y 2.0 up close. In fact, I would almost guarantee that Tesla will have 
teardown versions or, you know, half-constructed versions of the Model Y 2.0 there so that you can really, really see the single-piece front and rear Giga castings as well as that structural battery pack and those 4680 battery cells. And I would also bet lunch, I know I've already bet lunch on this podcast, but I'm going to bet another lunch that the at least the original Cybertruck prototype is going to be there too. And or maybe one or more of the newer Alpha Cybertruck prototypes that have, you know, the side mirrors and some of the other things going on, you know, a little one step closer to production. We know that Tesla's been doing extensive testing with those both in Texas and in Fremont. So I would be shocked if one of the Cybertrucks wasn't there. In fact, I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but it is possible that Tesla might even offer test rides in the Cybertruck since, of course, it's going to be built there next year. So uh, there's that side of it. You know, that's going to be a very exciting thing. And also, with all due respect to the Model Y and the Model Y 2.0, I can't really imagine that anybody is going to be super excited to be getting a test ride in a Model Y since so many of you own one already. So that's why those two reasons, I think, I think there's a good chance you might have Cybertruck test rides at the Texas GigaFest. So hope a lot of you get to go and have fun if you do. All right, I've got more podcasts for you coming up. Next up is the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your phone calls. Lots of good stuff to talk about with you guys right after this. But first, a quick word from copymycrypto.com. Crypto is the new thing out there, and maybe like me, you're trying to learn more about it. Maybe you're trying to make ridiculous money from it. Did you know that it's easier than it sounds? The Copy My Crypto membership site shows you the coins that the YouTuber James McMahon personally holds and allows you to copy him. It's like having a big brother who knows what he's doing. You don't need to know a thing about crypto or how to invest as long as you simply do what he does. So let me tell you more about James. He runs the Crypto with James YouTube channel, which has over 17,000 subs and a million views. Since March of 2020, he's told his viewers to buy 26 crypto coins. Had you put 100 bucks into each one, it'd be now worth over $53,000. Remember, it's all public knowledge. You can go check it out. If you'd like to join the 1,300 members who copy James, stop what you're doing, head on over to copymycrypto.com slash Tesla. You'll find everything I'm talking about right there. My listeners can get full access for just a dollar. This is a limited time offer. So that's copymycrypto.com forward slash Tesla. Check it out. Time for the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where you can be a part of the podcast. All you have to do is call in. There are two easy ways to do that. Take your question, comment, or discussion topic as it pertains to the world of Tesla, and either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record the question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and email that file to me at 
teslapodcast at gmail.com, or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. That number is toll free. Dial at any time. The number is 1 888 989-8752. Again, that's one 989 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. First up is David in Fairfax. Go ahead, David. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for playing my call. It's David in Fairfax. I was listening to your last episode, and you're talking about uh, Green the Only's discovery of a new setting within the new S's and X's for uh, a round versus yoke steering wheel. It made me wonder, maybe coming from it the different direction, maybe they found a way to bring those touch-sensitive buttons to a round steering wheel, and that's going to be the innovation towards the future. We get rid of stocks altogether, and it comes to all vehicles, And it's just one step closer to having it all be through touch buttons and ultimately eventually removing the steering wheel and maybe having like a a game controller as a backup or something in emergency situations. But by having that option in there now, they can move the technology closer to that direction. And then when the steering wheel gets replaced through a service visit or something, they, they can then put the round steering wheel into those vehicles with the touch-sensitive buttons instead of the stalks, and they can make that a setting within the the car's background settings so that when all software updates come out, it makes sure it applies the proper ones to the proper vehicles. Just my thought on it. Wondering what you thought. Maybe if we're going that direction, uh, could be a retrofit for all of our vehicles with the new UI interaction with uh, gear shifting and all that all through the buttons and or screen. Thanks for calling in, David. I am 100% with you on that round wheel having the turn signal buttons, the headlight button, and the windshield washer button for exactly the reason that you mentioned. If the SNX require a round wheel in any other global market as those cars make their way out to more territories, there's no way they're going to have stocks. Tesla is not going to want to introduce more parts back into the cars, especially for only certain markets. And you're also right that it's probably laying the groundwork to get rid of the stocks in all of the cars. For instance, I would be shocked at this point if the Cybertruck has stocks. We already know that's going to have a yoke. The Roadster's getting a yoke. Now, it's anyone's guess as to whether or not Tesla will bring the yoke to the mass market cars in the form of the 3 and the Y, but I have little doubt that Tesla will probably delete the stocks in those cars sooner rather than later anyway, at the very least. Anybody want to place any bets on that? I've been making lunch bets all show here. If I were to place yet another lunch bet... I would say that it'll be next year after the Cybertruck production spins up. That seems like a good point at which to drop the stalks across the entire product lineup since the Cybertruck probably will not be entering production with stalks itself. Thanks, David. Let's go to another David. It's David G. from Grand Rapids. Hey, Ryan, this is David G. from Grand Rapids, Michigan again. 
I'm just out driving around, and here in Michigan, it's soon to be pothole season, which I thought, wouldn't it be cool if Tesla could train their cameras to identify potholes? And then the cars could geolocate where those potholes are located, and they could build a database. Then Tesla could share the database with the different Department of Transportations in the different states to get them fixed. But also, that database could be shared with other Tesla cars to avoid the potholes and avoid costly damages. Just an idea. Thanks, Ryan, for the podcast. Really appreciate what you do. Have a great day. Thank you, David. Yes, this has been mentioned before, but that doesn't make it any less of a good idea. In fact, I believe Elon has even spoken to this. Yes, here it is. I found it in August of 2020. Elon was asked about this on Twitter, and it's probably come up prior to that as well. Anyway, Elon said, quote, We're labeling bumps and potholes so the car can slow down or steer around them when safe to do so, end quote. So while I would imagine that's not the highest priority item on the auto teams list, hopefully autopilot teams list, pardon me, hopefully it's something that we will eventually see in our cars. I mean, the car does already slow down. It recognizes speed bumps and speed humps, and it slows down for those. So, you know, that's that's one way that this already is sort of implemented. So uh, hopefully more, it will be able to slow down for more stuff or avoid more things as time goes on. Now, I'm with you on this, David, by the way, because I have blown out two tires uh, at the same time, by the way, on potholes. If you've been listening for a while, you know that story. If my car could have known they were there, that would have been really helpful and potentially saved me a lot of money. Next caller this week is Stefan from Monterey. Hi, Ryan. This is Stefan from Monterey, California. I have a quick question for you about lifetime supercharging. I was lucky enough to have lifetime supercharging included in my Model 3 in 2018. And I anticipate keeping this car a long time, even to the point that I might need to eventually have my battery replaced. My question is, what are your thoughts on whether if a person pays to have their battery replaced after their cars, that's say 10 years old, and they pay the whatever it would be, 15000 or 20000 and they get a new battery, an upgraded battery, if they have lifetime supercharging, do you think that's going to carry over with the car? Because I know it's connected to the VIN number, or is it if you put a new battery in it, even if it's through Tesla, now you have to start paying for supercharging. Just a thought. Thank you very much. I know. Hi, Stefan. Great to hear from you. And it's nice to hear from another fellow owner of a unicorn with free lifetime supercharging on a Model 3. You know, there aren't many of us out there, I would have to guess. I mean, it was such a short window that that was available from the start of production on the Model 3 performance... I think it only lasted a few months, if I remember correctly. In fact, I'd venture a guess to say we're probably less than 1% of the global Model 3 fleet. Anyway, back to your question. Uh, I obviously don't know for sure, since I'm not aware of anyone who has had a battery replacement on a Model 3 with lifetime supercharging on it, but you should be good. I mean, that perk isn't tied to the battery pack. It's tied to, as you said, the VIN. 
So you should continue to enjoy that free lifetime supercharging on your car for as long as you own it, regardless of what battery pack is in it. And I wish you many hundreds of thousands of miles driven in good health. Thanks for calling in, Stefan. A couple more calls this week. First up of those, Mike from L.A. Hey, Ryan. It is Mike Pepe from Los Angeles, California. Uh, Not sure if you remember me. Uh, I called in maybe a month ago, maybe a little bit more, uh, about getting my brand new Model 3. Uh, And I got it. And it's amazing. You said it was going to be just a really great day, a special day, and you were 1 million percent right, man. I have worked uh, many years of my life on my business to be able to afford this luxury. And boy, delivery day was really cool. I got to tell you, one of the coolest days I've had in a very long time. Uh, Very nice to be able to do this for myself. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I appreciate your podcast. So uh, given now that I have the car, I have a question or two, and I hope that's okay. Um, the first one being, I was lucky enough to have gotten the new AMD chip in my Model 3, which is really cool and unexpected. My question is, do we know, um, if or when, uh, Cyberpunk and Witcher 3 and maybe some other cool new video games come out, if the AMD Ryzen chip in my car qualifies to play those? I know that the Model S and X, I think, have the new GPUs, which I know the Model 3 doesn't, but do we know if the new AMD chip will be able to play those games? Not necessarily high on the priority list, uh, but would be pretty cool when I'm supercharging to be able to play a little Cyberpunk 2077. I'm a fan of it. My second question is, and I'll make it quick, is I've noticed when I'm charging, uh, whether it be uh, during a normal outlet or even through level 2 charging or at a supercharger, it seems my charge limit is about, even at 100%, around 268. Sometimes it fluxes down to 266. Sometimes it goes up to 270. Once in a while, it'll go up to 271 or 272. Is this normal? Um, I know my, I believe my, my capacity should be 272 on my standard um, Model 3. Just didn't know if that's typical for it to just kind of fluctuate like that or... Maybe it's because it's been a little chilly in Los Angeles over the last few weeks and gotten the car. I don't know. I'm just trying to learn things, and you've been a massive source of uh, information and inspiration over the last uh, year that I've listened to you. So thank you for everything you do. Sorry for the long voice memo, but I really appreciate it, and I hope you have some answers. Keep up the good work, brother. Thanks. It is perfectly okay to have questions, Mike. That's part of why I'm here. First answer Yes, you will be able to play Cyberpunk 2077 once it finally rolls out to the MCU 3 cars. Don't know when that's going to be, since as you heard on last week's show, Elon's reply on Twitter to me, he said Tesla's busy working on a more generalized solution for games in the cars rather than uh, investing a ton of time in individual games and, and trying to get those compatible and up and running like Cyberpunk, even though Cyberpunk does already run. I saw it. It was there at the Plaid launch event. So hopefully Cyberpunk will be coming sooner rather than later. Second answer for you. Uh, Yes, it is normal for your maximum range to fluctuate. What that is, is the battery management system giving that estimate. That's all it is. It's an estimate. It's not the actual exact range of the battery. But it's fairly close, right? That's why Tesla has such good battery management software. Well, Mike, I hope that helps and enjoy that car. 
One more caller this week. It's our friend Gil from San Diego. Go ahead, Gil. Hey, Ryan, Gil from San Diego. Something we noticed on our last uh, car trip uh, with the new Model S, um, we're taking that one now for car trips since it has longer range and it's more comfortable, is I don't think they put karaoke in the Model S uh, interface. At least we couldn't find it. And when we do long road trips, it's kind of a thing that my family and I does. Uh, We sing down the highway uh, uh, kind of like a bunch of dorks having a great time. But... um, uh, we couldn't find it, so if anybody knows where it is, uh, let us know. And if it's not there, then I'm hoping Tesla can bring that to the Model S and Model X, which are really the kind of classic road trip cars. So those are the ones you, you'd almost want the karaoke uh, interface on. Thanks. Gil, first of all, you're not a bunch of dorks. I think it's awesome that your family karaoke's on road trips. That is exactly the kind of fun spirit that Tesla's embody. And you know what? Those are the kinds of memories that your kids are going to look back on someday when they're all grown up, maybe when they have kids of their own, and it's going to make them smile. Anyway, uh, I have to tell you, I tried looking this up. I couldn't find anything. And obviously, you are a veteran Tesla owner yourself, so I fully trust that you've looked everywhere as well everywhere that would be obvious to look. So I'm going to throw this out there to the audience to see if any of your fellow new Model S or Model X owners know where it might be hiding. But hey, Gil, in the meantime, you could buy the Tesla mic from Tesla in China. Yes, that is a real thing that Tesla is selling out of their uh, Chinese online store. You can get a Tesla microphone for doing karaoke in your Tesla. Thanks, Gil. Thanks to everybody that took the time to call in. Again, I welcome and invite you to ring me up, give me a call, be a part of the podcast. I gave you the call-in instructions at the top of the segment, so refer back to that. Or you can always check the show description for the phone number and email address as well. Stick with me. I'm not quite done yet. I've got your pro tip of the week and a bit more coming up right after this. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief out. Well, not much going on with me and my car. I am eagerly awaiting the next full self-driving beta build, which is 10.12. Still no word on the stack merge version 11 that Elon talked about. Remember, he did originally suggest that it might be effectively sometime in the month of February. That has certainly come and gone, but that's okay. I mean, I want it to be good when it arrives and be stable and functional and be good. So uh, I am curious, though. I'm looking forward to that. I I wonder how many more versions we're going to have before we do get to that stack merge in version 11. But in any case, uh, 10.12 supposed to be going out this weekend as this show is publishing. So hopefully I'll have it sometime during the week and be able to comment on it for next week's show. Hey, a quick entertainment recommendation for you. I may have mentioned this show before, but season two is well underway, and that show is Superman and Lois on the CW, which I'm just watching through their app. It's You gotta you know sit through ads the way you would if you were watching it on over-the-air television. But I really like this show. Uh, I liked 
uh, I liked what was it? What was the name of it? Not uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name of it from back in the day. The one with Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher. I liked that one back in the day. This one's really good. It's obviously a totally different Superman universe, but it's Lois and Clark are married and they have twin teenage sons. And that's sort of the the setup, which we haven't really seen on screen before. So I've been enjoying that show. Season two is pretty good so far. So check that out on the CW if you're a Superman fan and want to check that out. Pro tip of the week time. Here's David. Hey, Ryan, just a tip of the week. I'm out here cleaning my car and I've used windshield wiper service mode before several times, but I just noticed this time that it allows you to freely move the windshield wipers across the windshield wipe, uh, across the windshield. So you can actually get better access to the bottom part of the windshield while you're cleaning. Uh, maybe everybody else knows this, but I didn't realize it. So there you go. Thanks. Bye. By the way, I remembered the name of the 90s Superman show that I was trying to come up with there. I actually said it. It's Lois and Clark. That was the name of the show. Anyway, David, thank you very much for that one. I have to be honest, I've never used that, but I probably should. I always just pick up the wiper blade a little bit and get my, you know, my washer mitt under there when I'm cleaning the car. But I'm definitely not thoroughly cleaning or drying down in there, so... I'm going to put this one to good use. Thank you again. If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week, something interesting about their car that might not be obvious, might not be front and center, that you'd like to share with me and the Ride the Lightning audience, you can send that in the same way that you send in a regular Ride the Lightning hotline call. All right, before I get moving, let me first mention some friends of the podcast that can hopefully be helpful to you. The first of those being abstractocean.com, your one-stop shop for so many wonderful Tesla aftermarket accessories. I would say if I had to if I had to say they specialize in anything, it's lighting. They have so many great upgraded lighting kits for both the interior and exterior of the car, including the rear footwell lighting kit that goes underneath the front seats for, you know, for the back for the second row. Passengers, I think that's a great product for the Model Y owners out there in particular. They've got their fourth generation tempered glass screen protector. They've got their uh, center console vinyl wraps. If you want to change the look of that, if you've got an older Model 3 with the, the first generation center console, just all kinds of stuff. And it's all sorted on their site by car. So you just go to whichever car you have, in my case, Model 3, and it'll show you all the accessories that they have for the Model 3. And here's the good part. If you just fill up your online shopping cart with everything that you want to get, when you check out, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST and you will get 15% off of your first order. That's a nice discount. Thank you so much to abstractocean.com for continuing to offer that generous discount to the Ride the Lightning audience. Again, the coupon code RTL podcast, all one word, no space in that. Next up, the snap plate. Again, for all four Teslas, get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Please don't forget the slash RTL on that. This is the front license plate bracket for people like me 
that don't like to have to have a front license plate on the car. It will not use automotive tape and stick to the front of your car, which is what the one that Tesla gives you with your car does. This is going to go on and off secure. It's going to go on securely, but come off easily if you want it to. It's not going to mess with the paint, the grill, the radiator, the autopilot, sensor suite, you know, the the, the uh, ultrasonic sensors. None of that stuff. Nice, clean, minimalist design if you've ever seen one. on you, You've probably seen one on another Tesla and not even realized it. It's very nice. I'm a fan. You can take it off for like car shows, cars and coffee, uh, put it back on for if you're parked at a parking meter, you don't want to get a ticket, etc., etc. Get yours at everyamp.com slash RTL. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections, the finest detailer, in my humble opinion, here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. If you are going to be in this area with your car, why not treat your car to a spa day at Immaculate Reflections? There is a discount waiting for any listeners of this podcast when you get in touch with Jeff, the owner and proprietor and master detailer there, through his website, which is irdetailing.com. Just mention, I'm a listener of Ride the Lightning. May I please have that discount? And Jeff will say, yes, absolutely, you may. If you're doing paint correction, get that finished looking as good as it possibly can. Maybe you want to do paint protection film on the front of the car or even all of the car. Maybe you want to do ceramic coating which is a you know next generation wax effectively that will last three to five years. Uh, I'm a big fan of all three of those. I have all three of those on my car. So if you've seen my car on Instagram, my Instagram's DMC underscore Ryan, or you know better yet, just go to Jeff's website. Go or excuse me, not just the website, but the his Instagram, which is immaculate underscore reflections, you'll see far more than just Tesla's on there. I mean, he's done some awesome work on both new and old cars. I can't recommend him enough. Wonderful person and a very, very talented detailer, immaculate reflections. Hey, the solar side of things, if you are considering solar for your home or business, yes, you're going to consider Tesla themselves. You should also reach out to Budget Safe Solar, friend of the show here, and their deal is simple, as I've been telling you these last few weeks. They take the time to understand your specific situation. Think of them like a real estate agent for your solar needs. They're going to help you find the best option out there. They're independent consultants, so they've, they've got loads of solutions that, they've, that they can uh, tap into and help you out with. They operate in all 50 states as well as Puerto Rico. So odds are they're probably going to be able to help you out. And hey, contact them as well if you're interested in joining the growing uh, growing solar industry, pardon me. So learn more and or reach out, whether you, you know, looking to jump into that field or you want to do solar for your home or business, budgetsafesolar.com. Don't forget the referral code RTL. And don't forget puretesla.com slash RTL as well, your one-stop shop, for your dash cam and sentry mode setups because the standard USB flash memory drive that you get with your car, trust me from personal experience, it is not going to cut it in the long term. 
the way that Sentry works and dash cam works, it's constantly reading and writing. And flash memory is not the best choice for that. Uh, the pure Tesla kit uses micro SD, which is, which is designed for that. So get yours at puretesla.com slash RTL. It's just $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit. It comes fully formatted out of the package and ready to go. And it ships free anywhere in the United States, works with Mac or PC. They will also ship anywhere worldwide. So there's a modest fee, shipping fee, if, uh, if you're shipping outside of the US, but they'll get it to you wherever you are. puretesla.com slash RTL. They've also got the nice low profile, slim, sort of Super Nintendo themes inspired game controllers as well. If you do a lot of gaming in your Tesla and want to have these nice sleek this wireless controllers stashed in your car, ready for your gaming needs at, the, at just any moment. Finally, don't forget Jada as well. The website there, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. There's a coupon code there. Get a nice discount. And that coupon code is RTL. The products that you might use that discount code on are, for those of you with newer Model 3s and Model Ys, the USB hub console. It's a storage organizer, USB hub, Apple watch charger, AirPod charger, all in one. It's good stuff. They also offer the Jada tray, which is a just drop-in, no tools required, uh, tech-focused center console organizer. I've got one in my car. There's also the wireless charging pad that they're up to version four on now. I've got version three in my car and love it. That is for older Model 3s that, the, that don't have the wireless charging pad already built in to the car. So again, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight, coupon code R-T-L. Finally, uh, if you're not already getting the podcast delivered to you for free, you can subscribe to it on any of your favorite podcast services. Those include Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. I have to say, I want to say thank you to Bob, uh, one of my loyal listeners who has been... Uh, Bob Delaney, who has just been wonderful in helping me try to get anywhere with TuneIn. If you type in Tesla in your search field, in your in the car, you know, in the in the media section, in the music section, it will search uh, TuneIn for you know there'll be a podcast section. This podcast doesn't come up at all if you type in Tesla, which is crazy to me because it's in the title. It's in the title. There are Tesla podcasts that come up that don't even exist anymore that come up and mine doesn't. So it's just been, it's been making me a little crazy. I know it's not the biggest deal in the world. Um, uh, so just been trying, Bob has been great in trying to, to contact TuneIn and uh, get somewhere with their engineering team, with their software team. Anyway, yeah, if you want to listen in the car, the best way to find this podcast in your Tesla either is A, use Spotify or use the voice command, uh, play, ride the lightning or no, what was, what's the, what I got to go back down there and check because now we're on version 11 and things have changed. Anyway, if you search ride the lightning Tesla, if you put the ride the lightning in there, I'll come up. So anyway, enough on that. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rambling on. 
anyway, you can subscribe for free on all those major podcast services or listen in the car through TuneIn or Spotify. I'm also on YouTube, just in audio only. There's no video, but if you do want to listen via YouTube, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll find my channel and can subscribe there very, very easily. Uh, my email address, should you want to reach out or, of course, send in recorded phone calls, teslapodcast at gmail.com. My Twitter and Instagram are the same handle. I'm DMC underscore Ryan. And finally, let me, if you would humble, allow me for a minute to humbly mention my Patreon. That is the way through which I hope at some point I will earn your support on Patreon. Because Patreon, what it is, it's a website that allows you to support the creators you love in an ongoing basis. There are authors on Patreon, there are musicians, there are poets, there are podcasters. There's all sorts of creative folks. There are painters. It's pretty cool. I, I'm a big fan of Patreon, obviously. It's been good to me. The, you know, the, Their transactions are very safe and secure. They've been around for a number of years now. Go to my Patreon page to learn more, which you can find at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And you can support my efforts here on Ride the Lightning starting at just five bucks a month, or you could do it for the year, and there's a 5% discount at any of the tiers. So the higher you go, the higher tier you go, the more perks you'll get. And if you do the yearly version, the more, you know, more of a discount, the higher dollar amount discount you're going to get as well. But uh, the $5 a month, that, that'll get you, not only will you be very kindly supporting my efforts here, but in return, you will get a perk, that being early access to the show each week. You'll have it when you wake up Saturday morning, so you'll have it about 24 hours early. I mean, technically it gets uploaded, oh, you know, close to midnight Pacific time on Friday nights. But hey, if you're in Hawaii, that's still only like, you know, 9 p.m. <laughs> you could still you could technically listen to it on Friday night. Anyway, uh, Patreon, that's the way to support me. There's also, you know, there, the, the tiers, they go up along with the perks. If you can support me, I'd be humbled and grateful if, uh, if you would. By, and in fact, on that note, let me end as usual by thanking the Patreon higher tier backers. Starting with the Roadster in Space tier, I want to say a big thank you to Tesla Hitchhiker 42, who has upgraded to the Roadster in Space tier. Uh, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, it's been fun chatting on the monthly Patreon Zoom Hangouts, which are for the Maximum Plaid tier and higher. And I look forward to the one-on-one -on -one chats now that you also get as part of that Roadster in Space tier, that top tier. So thank you so much to Tesla Hitchhiker 42, along with the rest of the Roadster in Space tier backers, Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, and Victoria Ayacaveto. Don't forget the Maximum Plaid crew. I would never forget them. Thank you so much to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, John Schmidt, 
The Galpin Family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Mait Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Zachary Howard, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, John Cody, Aaron, Sonar Tech 77, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, and Paul Casarino. And I certainly won't forget the Plaid Level supporters. They are wonderful as well. Thank you so much to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, The Tesla Owners East Bay Club, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, The Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zalesny, Rick Dean, not Elon Musk, T. Kirk Lowry, and Peter. Thanks to all of you for your very generous support. And with that, a snoozing Daisy the Boxer to my left. I'm gonna uh, also be snoozing before too long here. It's the end of a Friday night, the end of a work week, but it's been a good one. Another fun week of Tesla news, except for the price increase, I guess. That's not fun, but mostly fun. Giga, Giga Berlin opening up, that is gonna be fantastic. Finally, uh, it'd be great to see them pumping out cars and Giga Texas right behind it. So for the aforementioned snoozing boxer to my left, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning episode 345. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I will see you same time next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.